0: Well, as you know, we've been in Ephesians for quite a while. We're in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're right in the middle of a section that I've called gospel imitation because chapter 5 verse 1 says, therefore, it be imitators of God. And so we've been talking about what does that look like It'd be a person who is a, an imitator of God who wants to look like, and some versions say follower of God, but the word literally means to be an imitator, to look like Him. And so we've been talking about that. But I want to get started by, I want to pray, and then we want, I want to ask you a question to get us get, get us going here. Uh, let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I do thank you, God, for this day, and Lord, I pray one more time before we dig into your Word that you would guide and direct us as we look at your Word. Lord, help us to see what it means and see what it says. Lord, help us to uh, then to understand it. Lord, I pray that your Spirit would be a part of the preaching and part of the listening, Lord, so that we would know exactly what you would want of us. Lord, how we can look to you and we can please you. In your name I pray. Amen. Let me ask you this question. Does the world ever just seem darker than it used to be? Look what it was. Maybe how it's progressing. I know there's different times and and the, the world tends to fluctuate. There's. There's times where, where it seems like evil is reigning, then it seems like there's some good stuff happening. And, and even throughout the world, I mean, there's different places that are, are at different levels of this. But maybe just in your own personal experience, do you feel like you ever just just look at what's going on and it just feels like the world's in this downhill slide? Anybody feel that way? Ever? Yeah. Maybe there's just more evil out there. It just seems that way. Sin seem, maybe seems to be reigning a little bit more, or going a little more rampant around the globe. Maybe it's just the level of just irresponsibility with people just seems to be increasing. You ever feel that way? It's people just more and more irresponsible. Uh, there's sometimes a bit of more of an entitled attitude that seems to be pervading things, Or maybe it's just in the news. It just seems disturbing sometimes. You ever just watch the news you just feel disturbed? And some of the stuff that used to seem so rare, it just seems almost every day you hear something new. Or maybe just in general, just our entertainment seems to be getting worse and worse as time progresses. Maybe you've even noticed it yourself. There's things that maybe at one point you would have said, no way. I mean, you would have been appalled. And maybe you find yourself you know, 10, 15, 20 years later, watching things that 20 years ago, you would have been shocked were even on TV and you're sitting there watching it. You ever feel that way? You just notice it in yourself. Maybe it seems like there's no end in sight. Like have we reached a, a no point of return? Here? What, is, what is going on? We start thinking end times, don't we, when we see things getting real bad? What's going on? Maybe it feels like that. Or maybe not just in the world, but what about in your own little corner of the world? You know, hard things, bad things, sinful things, maybe at one point were out there, and maybe you heard about and, and saw it, but maybe it's invaded your own family. You ever get that feeling like, man, the things that and it's creeping in and it feels like it's seeping in, and the, the sin has come in even into your own family. The darkness just seems to be getting more intense. But well, what's the solution? What's the remedy to that? I don't think I can talk about this question right now without, I mean, we're, we're getting close to November. And, and you can't help but wonder the solution to this. And you may be hearing people telling you what the solution to this is. They're either saying, it's it's our guy. We can get our guy into office. Right? We can get our guy into office. We can begin to turn this thing around. You ever hear that? Or if we can keep our guy in office, we'll really get to turn. You know, the, you know and, and the thing that's interesting about it is is that there's a lot of people, they look at the yeah, if we could just get, if we could just, and there's even connections. Like if we could get the right Congress going, if we could get the right this, and if we could change these things here, I mean, you can't, well, I mean, anything on TV, you're just hearing that again and again, aren't you? we just got to turn this thing around. What, what's the solution? to It seems like things are going... And I think people sense that overwhelming. It seems like just things are degrading. And that's why we can have uh, President Barack Obama who says change, and sometimes he doesn't have to be specific what that looks like, because people just in general, they look at And I've heard Mitt Romney say the same thing. Real change. I think part of it's because as a people we're going, we need something, something needs to be different. And we start looking at what guy maybe can turn that thing around. and I hate to break it to you, the right guy's not going to really turn it around. You know the pro- you know what the problem with democracy is, and our founding fathers knew this. this isn't a, a new revelation. The problem with democracy is that it doesn't eliminate the one true problem: people, right? Humans are, are sinful people. And that's the one thing we can't take out of the equation sometimes. Now, I do, I still think, absolutely. I believe we should vote. I believe we should do everything we can to, to try to, to, to vote and to do things in the direction of what God would have us to do. But, but the, the truth of the matter is, democracy, I, of all the governments that have been, I think you know, is better than a monarchy because a monarchy, you've got one guy. And if hey, if you've got a good king, things go good. If you've got an evil king, things go evil. And so democracy can sometimes stem that tide, and democracy can sometimes save us from one evil person, but you know what, democracy does not save us from an evil people, right? And that's the issue, that's the challenge that we're facing. You know, even in our own little corner of the world, sometimes we feel this way, not in a big scope but in a little scope. Maybe you felt this way. If I could just get this one right person in my life or if I could get this one maybe this one person in my life, he's doing the wrong thing. If I could get this guy straightened out, my life would be so much better. It doesn't work there either. You still have you. And you're a sinner. The solution. What is the solution to this darkness? What is it going to be? Well, I think the solution to darkness is the same as it's been from the very beginning. Okay? Okay. In the Bible, don't we see that the solution to darkness is light? Let's go back to Genesis. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void and darkness was over the face of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then what happens? And God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. Now, I, I, I gotta say, uh, of all the things that have happened, just throughout history. Of all the things that I would have liked to have seen, this ranks way up there at the top. Imagine a globe where just formless and void absolute darkness because there wouldn't have been any stars or anything at this point. And and then this... Was it a booming voice? It says God said it. Was it a sound we could have heard? What what would that have sounded like? And God says... I mean, I see, I believe in the Big Bang. (laughs) Right? There was a... God." boomed a big bang, and what happened? Light. Can you imagine what that would have looked like. It wasn't a sun. It's just become... But yet God speaks into this creation. He says, let there be light. Light. That would have been an amazing thing. because I would like to have seen that. I wish I could go back and see that. And God says, let there be light, and there was light, and God saw that light was good. Right? And God separated the light from the darkness. I, what's going on there? I don't know, but he separates this light from the darkness into something distinct. And, and God calls the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning. That was the very first day. God speaks like the solution at that first point, darkness, light. You know, the thing is, I think that God, in, I believe that God has engineered our universe. And I believe that some of the things that God has engineered into our universe are specifically to point... To something he wants to teach us. For example, one of the, 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 the big purposes for marriage is not just for procreation. One of the big purposes for marriage is to paint a picture of what the relationship is between Christ and his church. Like there's something bigger going on in that. That was to, to show us something, to teach us something. I think as well that, that in this issue, when it comes to light and dark. And don't you see that? All throughout history, hasn't light and dark come to represent kind of different things? The Apostle John really draws on that imagery of what is light and what is dark. The Dark is what is bad, and light is what is everything that's good and right and true is what is found in the daytime, and in the dark is what's what's wrong and what's evil. And so you read John, John, uh, one of Jesus' disciples, he says, in the beginning, and he kind of is echoing back to that very first creative moment, in the beginning was the Word, I'm talking about Jesus, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything that, was not anything made that was made. And then listen to this: in him, Jesus in him was life, and the life was the what? Light of men. you see what John is doing? He's drawn upon kind of our understanding of what happens in our world, and we see what's the difference between light, day and night, light and dark? Jesus was the, the light, ultimately, of, of people of men, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And if you know anything about light, is that not true? Doesn't light always defeat darkness? I mean, isn't darkness just the absence of light? You turn the light on, it's not like it's got to be, you know, it's not like the light has to really try to to get rid of the darkness where it's at. It's just got to be light. That's what light is. Light, Light defeats the darkness. Darkness can't overcome light. It's the other way around. And you see that in our universe, but you also see this in who Jesus Christ is. He, he shone into the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Then he says, there was a man sent from God whose name was John. Not the same John. There was a man sent from God whose name was John, John the Baptist. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to bear witness about the light. And then he says this, the true light which enlightens everyone. Was coming into the world. Talk about enlightenment. It's the difference between walking into a dark room and not being able to feel where you're at, not knowing what's going on, and the true light. What's the real deal in this world is found in Jesus Christ. He's the true light that lightens, enlightens everyone. And I love that word enlightens. I mean, Jesus has that true light. He does. It literally what it means is. That light that who he is, that light as the light of men, is in you. You, He lightens people. He brings that light right directly into who they are. And just like in Genesis when God spoke light into the world, now this living word, Jesus Christ, is light. And he's going to be light in you. Now, I'm telling you right now, before I really dig too much deeper, this kind of idea just blows my mind. That Jesus, the true light of the world, invites participation with that light. That we get to participate in being part of that. Now, do you understand that? And then you, so you get Paul saying things like this um, in First Thessalonians five five. He says, "For you are all." He's speaking to people who are followers of Jesus Christ. He says, you're, "Listen, to, just listen to the figurative words in here. For you are all children of light, children of the day. Isn't that beautiful?" You're all children of light. I'm looking at you right now. If you're a person who knows who Jesus Christ, you're children of the light, children of the day. We're not of the night or of darkness. We're not fumbling around anymore. We're children of the light of the day. There's something essentially about us because of who Jesus is and that he's the light for all men that enlightens everyone ultimately. Because of that, we are also children of that light. There's something about it. We can go through the world and we're not fumbling around, not knowing what's what's important, what's not. Where do I need to walk? What needs to be said? How does it need to work? This, is, this comes only through Jesus Christ. But as we have this, we are now the children of light. Children of day. We're not of the darkness anymore. And this is where we've been in Ephesians. I want to go now to Ephesians chapter 5 with these kind of pictures in our mind of of daytime and nighttime, of light, of dark. And listen to what Paul says, because he's been talking about being imitators of God. And we talked first, we talked about how what that means, to be a follower of Jesus Christ, ultimately is looking like Jesus Christ, to be who God created you to be, is to to be like Jesus, made in his, His image, and God is now transforming you into the image of Jesus. And we talked about the fact that we're saints, we're God's holy people, and we're to be holy in this world. And then Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, and we're going to go down to verse 7 of Ephesians chapter 5. Paul's just finished talking about how we're not to be uh, like this. We're, not, we're, we're to be holy people, not to be giving into this and not doing this, not doing this. And then he has a therefore. He says, therefore this. He says, therefore do not be partakers or partners. This word means, uh, this word partakers mean partners, right? Joined in partnership with them. He's talking about those, those sinful acts, this unholy. Don't, don't be partakers with this. And then he tells us a reason why. Okay, now this is where we're going to jump into it and get get some meat here, okay? This is all kind of leading up into this. He's getting ready to tell us why, see, because he keeps coming back to this idea. We're, we're like God, and so he, we're to be holy people. And then he tells us why. He says this For at one time, right, at some previous time, you were darkness. Not you didn't, not you had darkness. What does he say? You were dark, and literally, if you look at that the, the the composition of those words, Paul is literally saying not just you had darkness around you, you were at one time in your life you were darkness. What's darkness? It's just the absence of light. The light wasn't there. You were darkness, and that true light has stepped in now. Now what's happened? But now you are light. Now you have light. You are light in the Lord. Every once in a while I, I read a passage like this and I, I sit there and I think, Lord, how could I capture that? How could, how could I just grab that thought? And you know, Have you ever had that feeling before? You get something and all of a sudden the, the light bulb goes on. See, that's see, we even have that figurative speech in how we think about how we understand things, don't we? The light bulb goes on. And you think... This, this could be one of those moments when we think about the fact that Jesus Christ as the light enlightening, opening, right? Getting rid of the darkness, this darkness in your life, light is the thing that defeats that. Light is the thing that drives that out. But the fact that, that Jesus Christ, as he has done that in you, literally you're different, essentially in your very nature. You are no longer darkness. You are light in the Lord. And that should speak something about what we do and who we are, and the role that we fill in our little corner of the world, shouldn't it? If if you are essentially not darkness, but light, that should change everything, should it not? About who we are and what we do. And so what does he say then? Isn't that exactly what Paul says next? So what? Walk. Walk as children of light. what does the word walk mean to do? In, in Scripture, when we see the word walk, what's it talking about? Is it literally just talking about walking, or what is it referring to? How you should what? Live. See, because if you're, if you're light in the Lord, then you should do what? Live as a child of light. There's something about how we go on, and so let, let's focus in on that for just a minute. And so to kind of try to bring this point out, we're gonna we're going to lighten this part up, right? To walk as a child of light. The very nature of who we are should be a person of light in our own corner of the world. And one of the things about light is light in its very nature is productive, isn't it? It, It's producing. If if, if something is light, it's it's shedding light. It's producing light. This is the very next thing that Paul talks about uh, when we talk about what does this mean. I mean, we're saying, well, what does this mean? In fact, I want to also bring this question out. Okay, what does this mean to be a light, to walk as a child of light? But what does this have to do with the original question, the darkness that's in the world? How does this have to do with that? What, what's the connection there? And what I said was it means it's essentially, in our natures; we're essentially different. And so we should be producers of light. And That's exactly what Paul says next. He says, for the what? Fruit of the light is found or consists in, some versions say, the fruit of the light, what the light is producing. This walk of light has a fruit to it, a fruit aspect, a production aspect. The fruit of the light is found in all that is good and right and true. And so here we have this, the fruit of the light aspect. That It's, uh, it's productive. And ultimately, as a Christian, as someone who has the light in you, there needs to be a productive element to who you are, producing Light. If you're light in this dark world, then what should be happening? You should be shedding some light. There should be a result. And notice, what does the fruit of the light look like? First, he says it's good. This word literally means good. It's, it's a benefit. There, it, it has the idea of benevolence. If something's good in a situation, it's good for it. It's a benefit to it. Notice the second word there, Right. Well, that is good and, and right. And this, this is, and I love this because doesn't this paint the picture of what light does in a situation? Light benefits the situation. There's light is brought in. You, turn, you go into a dark room, you, flick, you know, flip on the light switch, and it, it brings about what is good. But also what is right. Right in the sense of exactly what it sounds like. What's right as opposed to what's wrong. What's correct. What's, what's morally in the right direction. What is good, what is right, and then thirdly, what is true. And true in a sense when, when Christians would use this word, it's not just talking about just what is not false, what's not a lie, but it's literally referring to the, this deeper moral truth and this ultimate truth about who is Jesus Christ. And so a person who is shedding light in a situation is shedding light in, in a way that is good and it is right and it is true. And so I want to go back to this fruit of the light for just a second. And I want to talk about what does this look like. Okay, what does this look like? To be walking in light and producing the fruit of light in your life. Let's think about some basics here. How about at home? What's the fruit producing the fruit? Walking in the light and producing fruit of the light in the home. Let me just ask you this. When you think about your home situation, if you live with other people. Who is it that's there that's the, the the brightest light producer? And what I mean by that is who's the one that's benefiting the home in the biggest ways? That's what it means to bring good, good and right and truth. So we the good part for just a second. Bringing good, who's benefiting that home? When and if you want to ask about yourself, what does it look like for me to do it? When you step into that situation at home, I, is it is it like a light being turned on in a dark room? Is it bringing about good in that home? I I think so. Well, ask the people that are there that live with you. Is this is it good when I get there? Is it like walking into a dark room and the light switch is turned on? Is that that, that the response of of me Is that the fruit that I produce in this home situation? Or work? Let's just be honest. In your work situation, if you have a job still, you're still working, in your work situation, would you say that your presence is a benefit? Is it like someone flipping on a light switch and you walk in? should be as a light producer should be a good benefit should be what's right not just good but also what's right in the home and at work if you're a student at school about your free time kind of how do you spend your free time is it is it something that is ultimate is it pointing towards what is good and what is right is your free time spent in a way, in a productive sort of way, that is beneficial to ultimate kinds of truth? Do you see what I'm saying? I mean, this requires us asking some hard questions, doesn't it? You've got to ask hard questions. You say, well, I don't know. I've never really thought about this. That's, that's, that's a great place to be. Let's start thinking about this. Are you a light in your situation? Are you just still darkness there? Are you literally in your situation of light? Like, are you a light? See, it's easy to say, yes, I'm light because of Jesus Christ, and, but let's get real about it and say, okay, when you go home, is, are you a light? Are you a benefit? Are you what is good? Are you what is right? Are you what is true in that situation? Do you point to ultimate truth? Are you a good benefit to those people that are there? In your free time and your play. What about your hobbies? The things that you spend that extra little bit of time that may be productive, is there still good, ultimate good there, you have that in mind? What about your ministry? ministry. You should. Who are you serving? Who are you reaching out to? We have a a city that needs Jesus Christ. We're, We're not at a loss for people that are looking for Jesus. We're not at a loss for people and people may present themselves as hey, I don't, you know, I don't need Jesus. You know what? They're wrong. They do. Nobody will come to the Father except through Jesus Christ. And if they want God in their life, that's ultimately going to be through Jesus Christ. And you may be an integral part in that situation to bring them to that. And people may seem like they've got themselves all put together and they've got themselves taken care of and everything else. But where are you reaching out to minister Jesus to? What situation are you being a light in? See, because sometimes you can even be a little bit good and a little bit right, but are you still pointing to ultimate truth to be found in Jesus? The true light, right? The true light. Are you pointing to that? And this is the challenge of, and when we look at these things, this is the challenge of, of how we can do this. You have to understand, the world, the default position of the world is darkness. It's just like a room. The default position of what's going to happen is darkness, is it not? And so when we go back to that original question, we say, man, the world just seems like it's getting darker. You have to ultimately understand that it's not getting darker just because of, uh, because of them or they. We, we, we tend to use uh, you know pronouns like that. The reason why is because the lights have not been shining bright enough. Does that make sense? When we look out at the world and we look at the darkness that 's out there, you have to understand there's only one true light, and that's jesus christ and when when our country was was rising up and it seemed like a bright place to be, you can look through history and you can see it pointing to Jesus and our answer is not going to be trying to get you know laws passed and things like that, because you know what darkness still reigns in men 's hearts. What we need in this country is we need people who are going to be in their little corner of the world, in their little corner of America. They're going to be a light. Does that make sense? It's easy to sit back and gripe about how things should change, but it's not going to change by the right guy getting in office, by the right thing happening, by the right law being passed, because those things don't happen, but we're, we're still in a country full of people who are evil and people who are sinners. And if you really want to see a diminishing of the darkness, the way you diminish darkness is by being light bring light into the situation the default position of our world is darkness but we need to be people who are light producers in our world now i want to give you though some practical way of look, looking at this because see i could talk about this all day but you know what i'd end up doing i'd end up repeating myself i have a tendency to do that i love the idea of light and dark and we have got to be a light in our world and maybe you're sitting there going okay i get that and I get the idea of being good and right and true. Okay, I'm kind of I'm there. But the challenge that I always face, because I hear things like this, and I think, yeah, we've got to be a light. We've got to go into our world. We've got to be a light. Okay, I get it. Got it. Okay, I want to be a light. I want to go to school when I'm a teacher. I'm to be a light there. When I'm in this situation, I'm going to be a light. I'm going to go out and be a light. Got it. But the struggle I have is the day-to-day basis. What does it literally look like today? How am I actually going to seek to come? And so maybe I've persuaded you slightly, okay, I want to do this. What do you do tomorrow? What are you going to do later today? I think that Paul answers that question so well. He adds, he tacks this in right at the very end. He says this. He says, and try, this is verse 10, he says, and try to discern, or some versions say prove, or test what is pleasing to the Lord. Test, prove, try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. it's It's a figure it out kind of, word. It's an evaluating kind of word because it's it implies that things are happening and you're checking it to see if it's that way. Now I want to say something about the pleasing to the Lord that I'm going to come back to the test and prove. The, the pleasing to the Lord aspect, I, I, I know absolutely, we always default to this sometimes. In Isaiah it talks about how our righteous deeds are as filthy rags. You ever heard somebody say it before? Our righteous deeds are as filthy rags to God. And that's absolutely true. Anything that you do to try to earn God's you know, to, to try to earn God's favor so that you'll go to heaven. Any righteous deed, and that's what Isaiah was talking about. Any righteous thing that you might do to try to get what God, you know, to get on God's good side. That's all filthy rags to God. But you have to understand that as someone who's been radically transformed because of what Jesus Christ has done to you, we can read a verse like this and understand this. You can actually please God. That, that part about our righteous deeds being as filthy rags is talking about trying to get His favor. But see, we have God's favor because of Jesus Christ. We are now light. We've been transformed on the inside. And you can actually, if you are a child of God, you can actually do things that please God, that God looks at you and goes, I was just like my son, Jesus. He was light. You can please him. And so we have to ask that question. Is what I'm doing pleasing God? That's what this test-proof aspect comes in, because you have to say, okay, I, I, I hear that I need to be a light, but what does this actually look like? Number one, you say, okay, Monday. You're going to begin to wake up in your morning and say, I, I want to be a light in my world. Whatever situation. So you're going to wake up, and in the morning, you're going you're to, I'm going to try to be a light this morning to the people in my family, in my, in my, in my home. Bringing in things that are good and right and true. So say you go through the morning, and you get to the end. You may have to stop and go, now, I was thinking I was being a light, but if, if you look over your shoulder and behind you is a mess of the destruction that you've caused, you're not being a light. You're not. Uh, have you ever, some of you guys have driven trucks that had a, had a trailer on the back. Now I've driven a moving truck before. Um, and uh, I can remember this one time I was driving down the road. And I, th- I thought everything was fine, everything was good, and I, I'd gotten in. I had just gotten on the interstate, and I was, I was driving. I was in a straight truck. And I'm going along, and I see something in my rearview mirror that shouldn't be there. A dolly. I'm driving down the road. There shouldn't be dollies that are mine. That looks like mine. I don't remember passing it. And then what? What You know I did? I didn't get my door shut. And I had stuff falling out of the back of the truck. Off, oh man, you know, and I had to go back and get stuff. You know, it, there's an important aspect is we we can think as much as we want. We got everything lined up and straight in our head, but you have to stop at some point and look back over your shoulder or look in the rearview mirror and say, "What kind of path am I leaving? Am I leaving a path of destruction, or is what I'm doing really a light in people's lives?" Sometimes it may take you just asking. Go home, go to work. you want a benefit to this situation? And you may—it ha- may take some convincing to get people to answer you, especially if you haven't been. Maybe take some convincing. No, no. I just really want to know. I, I want to be a benefit here. Am I really being a benefit? Am I-, am I producing things that are good in this situation? See, that's what that test or prove has to do with. It's, it's evaluating. Looking back over your shoulder and going. Am I actually really being a light? Am I actually doing these kinds of things? Am I doing light-type things? As lights, we need to. As lights, this world is in desperate need of us. If we're truly the children of the light, and we're lights, this world is in desperate need of light. If we go back to the beginning and ask that question, do you notice the world getting dark around you? The solution is not going to be found. i got to go, we've got to get this guy to do the right thing. We've got to pass this law. We've got to do this thing. The solution is going to start with you in your corner of the world. You being light. In Matthew chapter 5, um, Jesus says this. You are the light of the world. pretty powerful, isn't it? You are the light of this world. See, if if the world's getting dark, the the solution is not going to come from fixing the world. It's going to be just being a light. That's how you get rid of darkness. More light. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. And we know the next part, don't we? Nor do people light a lamp and do what? Put it under a basket, or would we, how we say, put it under a bushel. Hide it under a bushel. No. Remember singing that as a child. You yeah. know, hide it under a bushel. No. What are we gonna do? Let it shine. When Jesus says, that, He says, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Now wait a minute. Let's think about this metaphor that we're 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 seeing here. Because if Jesus is the true light, who's the one that's doing the lighting of the lamp? Then would it not be Jesus, the true light, who enlightens everyone? And so what Jesus is ultimately saying, I believe, is he's saying, speaking for himself, he's saying, people don't light lamps. And so him, as a person who might have lit something up in you, the true light, enlightening you to understand who is Jesus Christ, he didn't light you up to hide you under something, did he? But that it might give light to all in the house. See, he has lit you up for a reason and for a purpose. And as we follow this idea of being imitators of God and, and, and following these things, the being who God wants us to be, you can't ignore the fact that the light that God wants you to be a light in this world. You can't get around it. He didn't light you up. He didn't give you the understanding of who Jesus Christ is to keep that to yourself. You're the light of the world. Well, he should have picked somebody that could do. He picked you? He lightens you. He's the one that, you're the one that He wants to use to lighten up your corner of the world, wherever you're at. When you you go home, you may be the only light in your home. When you go to work, you may be the only light in your work that, hey, God's got you there. He wants to lighten up that work situation. And who's the light that He put there? You. Some of us have been like a light hit under a bushel. We have not been shining what is good and right and true into our situations. And we need to stop and we need to take a moment to evaluate. Test, prove, try to figure out and learn what is pleasing to the Lord so that we can then turn around and be white. Now what's really exciting about this passage I'm not going to get to today. I'm going to get to next week. Paul says something amazing. And I'm not even going to put it there. I just want to tell you what it says. And I want you to chew on this for a minute. Um, in verse... Uh, 12, or verse 13, and I'm not gonna put it up there, he says, But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. And verse 14 says, For anything that becomes visible is light. And what I get excited about in that passage is, here's what I understand Paul saying, is the, one of the effects of you being a light, just like when Jesus, the true light came, that light that you have is really about Jesus Christ, that you have, if, being a light in a situation, the light seems to be a bit contagious, doesn't it? See, sometimes we feel like we go into a situation, we try to shine the light of Jesus, and we just think the darkness gets all mad about it. But you don't know who you might shine on that will then as well, because of Jesus Christ, the true light will then as well. light. Their eyes will open. They will be enlightened. They will see it. And Then they will be enlightened. And then, how many lights will Jesus have in that particular situation, in that house, in that work, at that school, in your home? How many lights would He have at that point? Two. Now you got two people, so you can be a light. There's something about being a light in your situation that exposes and brings things out and enlightens others. I'm going to pray. What I want to pray right now is that you would. As a, as a person, say, you know what? I want to be a light. If you do. And maybe you're sitting here listening to me go, man, I've been like a light hit under a bushel. I've been. And we, we need to just. Maybe, maybe you have to say it. Maybe you have to go home. Maybe you have to go home and you're going to have to say it out loud. You're going to have to go home and get by yourself and you're going to say, you're going to have to sing the song. I'm telling you, you're going to have to do it. You're gonna get home, and I want you to put your finger. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. You may, I, I'm telling you, you may have to do this. You have to get by yourself because people will look at you kind of funny. Maybe you have to do that. Maybe you're gonna have to get to that one part. You know, hide it under a bushel. What? No. And Some of you wanted to shout it just then, didn't you? You were tempted to go no. Maybe I should make you do this. I'm telling you, this is what you need. You're going to have to do you say, I've been, I've been, you know, I'm a Christian, but I, barely anybody even has seen this light. Maybe it's because I've been kind of a dingy light. You're going to have to get home and say, I'm not anymore. God did not light this light, Satan, for me to hide it under a bushel. To, be, to keep this to it. This is the true light of Jesus Christ. You, he did not give this to me so I could keep it all to myself. He gave this light to me to shine it in this part of the world where I'm at. And Satan, you just better back off right now, my friend. So I'm going to start to shine this true light of Jesus Christ. And you're not going to stop me anymore. It ends today. It ends right now. And you sing the song. And when it comes to the part where you say no, you shout it. You get in your car on the way to work. Okay, I've got to shine today, Lord. I want to shine the light of Jesus Christ. I do not want my life to be caught up in who I am and what I think is important to me. I want to get to work and I want to shine the light of Jesus Christ because my work situation is dark. You sing it on the way way to work. And when you get to the no, you shout it out loud. No. No more. You may have to jump into the next verse. Don't let Satan... It out. He's gonna try. But man, it's the true light of Jesus Christ. And darkness does not overcome light. And you can go into your your work situation with confidence and say, This is the true light of Jesus Christ. And I want to shine as brightly as I can. I want to shine what is good. And I want to shine what is right. And I want to shine what is true. And, and I want to be in a constant state of looking back. Am I actually doing that in my situation and evaluating it? And so I'm going to pray right now that you're going to go this week and you're going to be a bold light for Jesus Christ. And that you'll be to say, no. Not anymore am I going to hide this. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, I want to pray for everybody in this room right now today. God, I believe that every person in this room, as far as I know, Lord, as far as my knowledge goes, and Lord, I could be wrong, but as far as my knowledge goes, Lord, every single person in this room has experienced the true light of Jesus Christ. The light that enlightens everyone. As far as I know, God, everybody in this room has experienced that. I don't know, Lord. I can't see into the hearts. So I don't know, but Lord, as far as I know, that's the case. Lord, as far as I know as well, that I, I'm sure I'm not the only one that would jump up and say this. Lord, but we have not been shining as brightly as we should to give proper glory to how bright you are. We haven't been doing that. Lord, you did not light this lamp to hide it. To give light to all that are in the house. All that are in our little corner of the world. God, I pray that this would be a week that we as a church, as a people, or as followers of Jesus Christ, seeking to imitate who you are in this world. To to walk in love. To be saints. Or to follow after Christ. Lord, that we would now take that next step and say, we're going to be lights in our world. We're going to shine brightly the true light of Jesus Christ. Help us, Lord, to defy the darkness this week. Lord, to defy Satan and say, no more Satan. Are you going to win with this light? The bushel's gone. The basket's gone. The light is going to come. I pray this in the name of Jesus, Lord, the same Christ who rose up from the grave, who says that the same Spirit that gave Him the ability to rise up from the dead is the same Spirit that He's given to us to live for Christ today. Lord, I'm praying that that same Spirit would be in us this week. And in Jesus' name I pray.